listening to Ouija Broads. This is Devin. This is Liz. Liz, I would like to talk to you about sound, shall we? But you have to use sound to tell me about sound. <laughs> it's so meta. You have to back up. I don't know. What what am sound? <laughs> what am sound? Sound and what you experience when the little hairs in your ears vibrate and they transmit information to you. Sound, sound am the demon of Liz's existence as she tries to edit this show without air conditioning and dog's nails and cats and sirens and blue jays and fucking everything. Everything. I'm sitting in my hot ass living room. With the ceiling fan going, but no air conditioning. Uh, uh, yeah. In an effort to make sure that you don't have to deal with negative sound consequences, Liz. Negative sound consequences is also a pretty good album name. Not bad. I wouldn't do a band name of that, no. but I would do, yeah, I would do uh, an album name. I guess I would do Acoustic Ecologist is a band name. Then Negative Sound Consequences is their uh, album name. Yeah. Let's okay. b- let's back up a little bit. I want to tell you that we'll start with a quote because quoting other people is probably pretty lazy, but I think this is good. It backs me up. How do you pronounce inexorable? You did it. Gotcha. <sighs> uh, Nobel Prize winning bacteriologist Robert Koch said in 1905 that the day will come when man will have to fight noise as inexorably as cholera and the plague. Liz, what's the quietest place you've ever been? The quietest place I've ever been. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to think about that. Okay. I mean, I've had more time to think about this, so I had two yeah. answers for you. The first answer was Jason and I, I think I've said this before on the show, when Jason and I accidentally went into Canada trying to go <laughs> to the Gardner Cave near Medellene Falls. And after we did the cave tour, we just kind of walked around the forest and saw a sign up ahead that was facing away from us. So we go up to the sign, around the sign, to see what it says. And it says, you are about to cross over into the United States of America. That's illegal. Whoops. <laughs> we were like, oh, fuck. But I, it's just totally silent area. It was in the middle of the woods. No, you know, cars, no traffic. My cat is jumping around in the background. So there was that. But it was just... I crossed the border one time on purpose without <gasps> going to... Elizabeth. My sister and I were kayaking, and we were at, you know, my family used to have that river place, and there was, it was right by, you could paddle to, obviously, uh, Crossover Island, which is one of the Thousand Islands, and it's Crossover Island, because where you cross over the border, and it was, it had a lighthouse on it, and it was uninhabited, and I really wish we had just gotten out of the kayaks, but I feel like if we had pulled up the kayaks onto this uninhabited island, and suddenly it had been inhabited, that would have been a whole different (laughs) horror movie, so. (laughs) That's good. That's good. It means that you've, you've really considered in your, what, 34 years the full implications of what horror films have taught us. I think you made the right yeah. call. <laughs> yeah, because like you can't make a, a swift getaway on a kayak. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. we just paddled around for a while <laughs> until we felt confident we were in Canada. And then Did we you? turned around and came back. <laughs> you could make a faster getaway on a kayak than that fucking paddle boat you and I both tried oh to capture. <laughs> we didn't get anywhere. That nope. is the most amount of energy for the least return I've ever expended. <laughs> I think it was faster just to stop pedaling and let the waves take us places. <laughs> I 
no, at this point, I'm I'm just a plaything of the current. I'll go wherever it makes me. I was like floating around in a in a cooler or something. <laughs> totally. <laughs> just a big square thing. Oh God, totally. I really can't think of what the quietest place is that I've ever been. I think. I really like sticking my head underwater mm-hmm. and what you hear when you're underwater versus when yes. you're in the air. That's really fun. Yes. Do you? But I just aspire to be a whale anyway. So. <laughs> you do. <laughs> do you ever go underwater just to scream? <laughs> just to, to vent a lot of frustration and noise, but also assume maybe you're talking to some whales? <laughs> no, that never occurred to me. Well, that's interesting. Get after it, man. It's, it's life changing. Well, if you don't know, the quietest place you've been, I would like to pose perhaps a a front runner in your search for a very quiet place. Okay. In the Ho Rainforest in the Olympic Peninsula. Sorry, the Ho Rainforest? Ho, H-O-H. I am saying that properly. And okay. <laughs> I don't trust it. <laughs> in the Olympic Peninsula, there's a trailhead near Forks, Washington. And if you hike this trail into the woods, about three miles in, that really lush, primordial, misty green will be broken by one very small point of bright red. It's a red rock. It's really almost just a pebble. And it sits on a log. And it marks an independent research project called One Square Inch of Silence. And it is the quietest place in the continental United States. How can Forks be both the quietest place in the continental United States and the one with the most rainfall so the glitter vampires live there? It's not in Forks. It's three miles from Forks. And by quietest, (laughs) still, by quietest, what we mean or what acoustic ecologist and author Gordon Hempton means is that it is free from any human noise. Oh, okay. There's no airplanes that fly overhead. There's no, well, there should be no. There's very little, but usually no background machinery. No man-made noise. No cars travel in the space. So, like you pointed out, it's not silent, silent, but it highlights the natural sounds that we almost never hear anymore. And it serves to not only reconnect us with nature, it highlights, it, it illustrates how much anthropogenic noise there is uh Mm -hmm. it's using i guess this artistic tool called the presence of absence it highlights what something is by showing you what it is not really i call shenanigans though because quietest and least man-made noise are different okay there i think you're being a little bit pedantic no because i was gonna say a cave but in a cave you can hear like dripping (laughs) and stuff you can and underwater you feel pressure even if you don't hear specific noises but quiet in this modern era really i do i'm going to argue that it means a lack of man-made noise i understand that a forest a jungle a desert is not devoid of sound but it's devoid of that background sound that is pervasive and that we feel is just kind of a part of our acoustic landscape when it really shouldn't be and it doesn't need to be hmm Okay, I'll go with you on this journey of exploration. I will accept your premises. Mm, okay. I think that this is a really fascinating spot. It's in the Pacific Northwest. Like I said, it's it's considered the quietest place in the continental United States. Quiet, quiet as defined in this instance is a lack of man-made noise. 
it's important for both people and animals in big and small ways. So we know that human noise disrupts wildlife in Mm -hmm. gigantic ways. I mean, it fucks up their nesting, fucks up their migration ability. It fucks up how they feed and how they mate. And even the subsonic frequencies, the stuff that they're not hearing, the vibrations can negatively impact them. Hmm. More than just, more than the animals, it super, it being the presence of sustained sound over 80 decibels, actually over 60 decibels, is really negative to human health. I'm very finicky about noise, too. So I really appreciate you bringing in this topic. Like Good. like you said, I have kind of the misophonia thing where yes. there's a lot of sounds that I really, really hate. Oh, tell me get, some. Oh, God, get very worked up about. I hate <laughs> when people chew with their mouths yes. open. I hate when people pick their cuticles. There's, I hated that in Return of the King. You remember that where, like, Pippin's singing the sad song or Mary? Oh, I don't remember. Yes. And, like, the king is eating stuff all to show that he's, like, really a wicked. Because that's what eating shows on TV and movies. Somebody's yes. either sassy, like, they say something really sassy and then they bite an apple. Uh, <laughs> That's the universal cue, or uh-huh. they eat in a really sloppy way they to do. show that they are gauche. They're totally gauche. They're totally they're chewing through their food much that they're chewing through their armies. Everything yeah. is digestible yeah. for them as a human. Yeah, hacks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my biggest misophony trigger is uh, uh, motorcycle uh, noises or unmuffled cars. I I just find it completely. I mean that. Russell's my jimmies that activates my almonds, dude, that totally pisses me off. It's like that blind rage. And you know that I have that fight or flight response where mine is always flight. I very rarely Mm -hmm. get an anger, an immediate anger response. My anger reaction is always delayed. But I would punch a bitch out for revving a motorcycle next to me. It is so, in my mind, rude and selfish and unnecessary that I'm just like, you fucking yeah. pig, I'm going to slaughter you so that I never have to hear that noise again. That is a really specific thing I've noticed from reading about people with misophonia and my own experiences mm. is often the things that are the worst triggers for people, they can't think of them other than as very inconsiderate. Yes, Yes. Yeah. And they kind of fixate. We kind of fixate. Like, I'm like this about gum. If I could ban gum, I would. No gum. On the airplane, no. In the world, no. Gum not allowed. Nobody knows how to chew it. Quiet. And so whenever somebody, especially if somebody's chewing gum with their mouth wide open, all I can think, like, I'm not hearing what they're saying. I'm just fantasizing about clocking them in the back of the head so the gum flies out their open mouth. And that's part of it is it's not just that I'm like, I don't like this noise Mm -hmm. because I think I could handle it better if it was just like – if somebody was like, put up with five minutes of this recording and we'll give you $100, <laughs> I could handle it so much better than five minutes of somebody smacking it and me going, they're doing this at me. <laughs> they're, does, they're doing this to me. Doesn't it feel personal? <laughs> You're making this noise at me. And that's not at nice. Me. You're being inconsiderate. You've, you've <laughs> assessed me and decided I'm not worth not chewing gum around. And it's like, that's a complete bizarre interpretation <laughs> of a really benign habit yeah but that's where my yeah. brain goes yeah. is it's just like you're doing this you're you're attacking me with this and i must <laughs> attack you back 
This is aggressive and it will not stand. <laughs> yeah. Well, just like you can hear on any of the outtakes when like shit starts going down and we hear like sirens oh, or when the abandoned house next to me suddenly somebody is like, I'm going to mow that lawn. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. How dare you make noise? Don't How you know you? that I am here, the protagonist of reality? Oh, and I don't care for this one bit? <laughs> It's your your very own Truman Show. They've identified your trigger, and when ratings yeah. dip, Liz, they send out the the cadre <laughs> of lawnmowers so that you get pissy oh. and viewership spikes again. This was an actual concern I had about getting a dog: is how much I hate it when dogs lick themselves. God, God. God, I loved Bailey. I love my dog. I love him so much, Liz. He's just a sweet little grumpy old man, and he was put on this earth so that I could protect him. But the fact that he licks fucking incessantly, and it's that slobbery, wet, Mm -hmm. picking noise. Oh, Oh, and with Bailey, it's raspy too. Like oh I'm, a, I'm a connoisseur of this. Yeah, I've, I've been, I've done my time with you Bailey, have. and it's that he likes to lick the fleshy patch where his balls <laughs> used to be, and there's not a lot of hair because he's a dachshund, so it's got like a sandpapery quality. It does, and that patch is is elastic, so it gets into his mouth, so it kind of makes a stretchy plip noise when it mm-hmm. releases from the suction. Holy shit! He's why people shake babies. Like, I, I obviously <laughs> don't advocate child abuse. But I get it. I get it. Oh, just anything to make that noise stop, dude. Mm-hmm. And does it feel more aggressive or transgressive or combative because it's his junk? Like, if he was just licking yep. his paw, you wouldn't be as mad, right? Right. If it's licking his paw, I'm like, all right, so there's something wrong with it. It maybe hurts, whatever. Mm-hmm. With that, I'm like, we're in the same room. Stop autofillating. Get yeah. your tongue out of your asshole. You make your whole area smell like butt pennies, and then you're going to come lick me later. No, thank yeah. you. If I wanted It's like d- it reminds you of all the times that you've let him lick right, you. Right, right. And right. it also, like, that's when I'm, I just am like, Cubby, we don't do that. You should uh-huh. know. Like, uh-huh. why don't you know the rules? No, what is that? Because you're a dog? Unacceptable. <laughs> it's like our anthrop... What is that called? Anthropomorphizing. Our anthropomorphizing of them mm-hmm. backfires. <laughs> and all of a sudden we're like, don't pleasure yourself in front of me. That's right? very rude. That's extremely... We go to the bathroom for that. We go to our bedrooms. That is after yeah. 9 p.m. activity, cubby. Do the audio ecologists... What are they called? Is that... Did I yes, get it right? Yes, you did. An audio ecologist. Uh, this- do they have a name for, like the sum total of all the sounds around you? Is it like your audio landscape? It is audio landscape. How did you know that? I don't know, but I feel like I try to curate my audio landscape and and think about it a lot. I wonder if that's the case for a lot of people who listen to podcasts, actually. Well, that could be part of it. Yeah, they're choosing the words that they listen to. They're choosing the information they're gleaning on, like, Mm -hmm. say, a commute I mean, I listen to very few podcasts, and I don't often listen to music on my commute because I I do like having my ears available to get me extra information. And also, Mm -hmm. we've talked about this before, I feel like I have very poor hearing. I think it's been quite damaged by some sustained noise that I was always around during pasties and paddles, you know, when Mm -hmm. I was a stage manager right next to this extremely loud speaker for prolonged periods of time. Uh, but one of the things this is interesting that you said that, you know, the, the curating your, your audio landscape, uh, Hempton, this 
audio ecologist that I told you about, when he's going back to the one square inch of silence to kind of monitor it to see if there's been a change in the audio landscape there, if he can identify that, oh, there is construction six miles away and we can hear it here and that is potentially disruptive, what he'll do is record that disruption and he'll send them a handwritten letter instead of an email or something like a phone call. He sends them a letter that says, hey, here's what one square inch of silence is. Here is the ways in here are the ways in which sound human made sound can negatively impact people, animals, environments. Here's what the noise you're making disrupts. And I would really hope that you would consider helping us preserve this silent space. So then he sends him a recording that's like three minutes of beautiful, uninterrupted, natural soundscape. And at the end, he tacks on what it sounds like with their audio intrusion. <laughs> no, he's he's got a backlog of like silence of what it's like when there's no human noise. So he can mm. send that to these places that disrupt the silence and then show okay. them he can highlight the difference between here's a quiet natural scape and here's a natural scape, but with human sound intrusion. Here's you. And this is what you're doing. I'm not saying that you're a terrible person, but I am implying it. <laughs> In some ways, I feel like it's been a relief that my hearing is not as good as it was when I was younger. Yeah. Like, remember being able to hear the, um, like, if a television is on in the other room, not that it's yes. making, like, the audio, but that you can hear the electronic you can hear sound. The elect I don't miss being able to hear the electronic sound. I can still do that. I still have that. Nice. That really high frequency is there mm. for me, but it's the 60 decibel range. It's human conversation. I can't hear people anymore if they're talking to me and there's background noise if they aren't facing me. Hmm. You can't hear them or you can't understand I'm sorry, them. I can't understand them. Because sometimes I wonder if some of the stuff that we write off as hearing loss is actually like an auditory processing issue. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It could be that I am hearing all those frequencies, but my brain's not processing them. I would not be surprised if my brain is just like, eh, <laughs> we're taking a vacation. It's it's all we can do right now to keep you upright and ambulatory. You're just, oh we're dropping out on that part. I, I hate when the brain does that. I was working at, when I was at Reed, I worked at the, um, like the media library. And I remember this guy came in and he told me his name and he said Morris. And have you ever asked somebody to spell something and as soon as they start, your brain just goes to like fucking Mars? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I asked him to spell that like three times because I was just like, is it like Maurice, but you're pronouncing it continentally uh -huh. or is it M-O-R-R-I-S? And every goddamn time I couldn't get past M. <laughs> and finally I was like, I'm sorry, please write it. Like, <laughs> of course, I'm sure he thought it was on drugs or something. And I'm like, I can't. This part of my brain will not slip into gear. <laughs> so, and I think that probably activates your stress, which is making it even more impossible. Like the first time it was your brain, the second time it's the stress, the third time it's embarrassment. And then you're yeah. just like, I guess your name is David now. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, well, just like how you and I both say Kelly when we give our names to like hostesses yeah. when we're waiting for a table. Yeah. Because they have a hard time with Devin, right? Oh, they never know Devin. Yeah, and for some reason, people can't handle Liz, mm -mm. and I think it's because it's short it's and it doesn't short. have any hard consonants, yep. so they're like, Lisa. Yeah. Liz. Lisser. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, what? What are you doing? Uh -huh. So I just say Kelly. Yeah. Because got that hard, like, 
It does. And that makes people's brains go, what comes next? It does. Exactly. It's very staccato. And it's Mm -hmm. sustained me for many years giving my order. I love that you still use that. That makes me really happy. You can have that everybody. Everybody mm-hmm. start saying Kelly if just servers it, never know what your name is. Use just it. use it. Yep. Works yep. great. Then we're going to have like 20 people saying like, oh, yeah, I'm Kelly. And then you'll all go up to the <laughs> counter and they'll be like, what's your name? Oh, yeah, David Blaine. But I, it's, it's Kelly. So then they'll figure out which fake Kelly it is. And I don't know. Sounds like a <laughs> My little name is hard. come up with a better system than yelling out <laughs> names because I hate that. I hate being in waiting rooms and thinking they're going to call my name and you're there for hours. And every time I'm just like, did I miss it? Oh, God. Oh. We dropped our, our kiddo off at the airport today. He's an unaccompanied minor flying still for the Jesus, next. Jesus, talk about an audio hellscape Jesus, airports. airports are the worst. I can, it's It's like the... <laughs> teachers or adults in a peanuts cartoon all you can hear is wah 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 so we finally take him up to the counter at the gate you know 20 minutes before his flight takes off and they go we've been paging you where have you been and we're like sitting two feet from you we didn't hear dick so are you gonna take our kid or not like don't come with me don't come at me with attitude why were they paging you oh because he's an unaccompanied minor and we needed to go up to check him in which we yeah. did on our own anyway, but they wanted to be all like, eh, you didn't fucking hear us. And it's like, yeah, because you've been talking about Lithuania on the speakers for the past 30 minutes, as far as Seriously. I can tell. It's the only word I could make out. Especially, like, I'm very glad that there's airports that do their announcements in multiple languages. Yes. But it means by the time they get to the end, it's time to start a new announcement. Yep. And then, oh my god, the hell that is two flights boarding from adjacent gates. Stop. And then the people, the, the what are those called? The gate agents yeah. are like, I'm not going to say which one I'm talking for. Uh-uh. So if you can't see me, good fucking luck. Is zone <laughs> two boarding? Maybe for you, maybe not. <laughs> we know that living with a a sustained noise frequency of 60 decibels if it's that's a conversation but if it's sustained over a period of time it leads to raised blood pressure it leads to an increased heart rate an increased stress response a lack of concentration and loss of sleep so it fucks your whole wagon it wrecks your whole fucking wagon liz But in our urban environment, we're constantly exposed to noise at 60 decibels and greater 24 Mm -hmm. hours a day. So that makes you think like, okay, cool. So America should be paying attention to this, right? This is kind of an epidemic. This is something that impacts everybody. It hurts your health. Let's make it better. You know why you can't make it better, Liz? Capitalism? (laughs) I mean, you work in public health. You know why. It's because in the 1900s, lawmakers and rich people went, noise is going to be a poor people problem. We are, we're going to start passing noise laws that don't target capitalism or industry or technology. We're not going to sanction them. What we're going to do is... In starting in 1908 in New York, the New York Police Commission started creating ordinances that targeted newspaper sellers, that started targeting street vendors, can collectors, trolleys, cars. So they weren't focusing on the permit patty of 100 years earlier. Exactly. Yes. So they're not going like, fuck you, foghorns over there, harbor noise, 
all this bullshit that rich people are doing or that folks that are generating wealth are doing that's much louder than what, like, a poor little kid crying about his newspaper for sale is mm-hmm. doing. They start targeting the little guys. And then... Th- of course they of do. Of course they do. And then that continues with middle-class white Americans, of course, you know, because that's who was middle-class in the 1900s and upper-class in the 1900s in America. They start making suburbs. And they do have noise ordinances in suburbs that limit the noise, but they've made the price point so high and they've limited the ability to do multifamily housing in suburbs. You can't have apartments, you can't have condos, you can't have multi... I mean, we see it even now, of course, but back then when they were first creating all these suburbs, we're going to have a beautiful little bucolic, noise-free area for richer people to live, and then we're going to move all the ability to have apartments and tenements and condos that poor people can afford typically people of color and immigrants can afford, they'll be in the industrial district. So they're the ones that can deal with the negative repercussions of noise pollution. I never thought about noise pollution as a class issue before, but I am 100% convinced. I didn't. I never thought about that. No. I really had not also considered this a class issue until I started reading about One Square Inch of Silence and then wanted to get some historical context. And I never thought about that. I think it's really important to remember that we are animals and that we are yeah. part of the environment in which we live. And that's... Yeah, and we, we affect the environment and our environment affects us. Exactly, exactly. And that extends to noise. And that extends to, you just said, if we we affect our environment, our environment affects us. And that creates a ripple effect. I mean, it really does. If you if you do a good thing here, you can see that spread out. If you do a bad thing here, you can see that spread out. And what this audio ecologist Greg Hempton wrote in, in his book about one square inch of silence, he said, if a loud noise, such as the passing of an aircraft, can affect many square miles, then a natural place, if maintained in a 100% noise-free condition, will likewise affect many square miles around it. Protect that single square inch of land from noise pollution, and quiet will prevail over a much larger area of the park. So it sounds like he makes a distinction between noise and sound. He does make a distinction between noise and sound. That's where I think you are correct to get pedantic. Noise Uh, being the... (laughs) I'm always correct. (laughs) So so noise is like the anthropogenic stuff. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Or the... Yeah, the the disruptively anthropogenic stuff. Again, like you said, I don't think it's bad for us to live in our environment. I think we can live in our environment and make noise. Like, that's fine. That's that's part of being human. Most animals make some kind of sound. Most animals make some kind of noise, either physically themselves or the ways in which they impact their environment. I don't think that's bad. But I would definitely rather live next to... A bunch of people who cut their own wood, who have some dogs, and maybe plow, even with a human tractor, a field, than I would Mm -hmm. next to an oil rig or a bunch of streets next to a highway, things like that. We live close enough to the arena that when there's a big act that makes a lot of noise, we'll hear it. And I kind of like it. Like... (laughs) 
I don't, <laughs> it's not keeping us up. It's not that loud. Yeah. Like I've lived in extremely loud places. Yeah. You've lived over a bar. I did live over a bar. That was, um, I loved it. It was very comforting. Human sounds were very comforting to me living alone. Yeah. And the sound of people having a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. like that. I like that. I like the concept of having one square inch of silence and using that as sort of a focal point rather than trying. See, this is, I think, a really interesting way to approach it from yeah. an art perspective yeah. and an ecology perspective instead of saying, okay, oh, I'm going to go into teacher mode. Ooh, There's different ways that you can make a policy issue salient, right? Ooh. So part of what makes an issue get addressed is, is everybody thinking about it and talking about it? Okay. Does everybody understand it as a problem? Okay. And so there's a couple ways you can do this. One is, does it affect a really vulnerable group? Like, yeah. does this issue affect kids? Right. Does this issue affect pregnant women? Does it affect right. elderly, vulnerable people? Right. That's one way to make people think about an issue. Does it affect a lot of people? Yeah. Does it, is it measurably getting worse? Does it yeah. affect powerful people? And so I think that the policy way that we would have tried to deal with this audio thing is to say, you know, this affects 7 million Washingtonians. Yes. It's gotten this much worse in 2018 than it was in 1918. Yes. And do it all that way. But instead, just pick one square inch of space and say, can we protect yeah. this? What are the challenges to protecting it? Yes. You know, what can we do at one point, rather than what can we do for a whole state at once? Yes. Yes. It's it's, it's very manageable. It's a bite-sized chunk. Yeah. It's something that you can take and you can experience and you can feel the benefit for yourself. Or maybe not. Maybe there are people who would mm -hmm. go hear that and not be moved by it. But it's an opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. If you want to hear more noises that Liz and I make... <laughs> then <laughs> like it made it sound like we were fucking rich little or something like we we're gonna be doing impressions <laughs> well who says i'm not <laughs> do you have any impressions <laughs> uh get <laughs> no because you know what happens when someone tries to tell me to speak in an accent i just end up mashing together like australian fake new york weird british and and dumb and it just i just <laughs> <laughs> I tried to tell Jonah one time we were playing charades and it was, you know, it was that game where you like have a thing on your forehead and you can't, Oh yeah, uh, you can't see what it is. And he had it on his forehead and it said New York. And so I was trying to, you know, without saying New York or the big apple, explain to him what it was. And my clue for him was, Hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> I don't know how that was supposed to be a New York accent, but obviously I... But even the catchphrase is a, is a New York catchphrase. He should... Well, no. I mean, he's 14. He's, I don't know what his, his references are. He's 14. I don't know that he ever saw Raging Bull, if that's what that's from. I think it is. Nope. Oh, God damn it. I don't know if he ever saw Scarface. I don't know if he ever... Midnight Cowboy. God damn it. Robert Redford as a pimp. How did I not... Watch Gigolo Robert Redford. <sighs> anyway, if you want to hear us talk about more noise, if you want to hear the noise Liz gives me, which is almost always a sassy remark, then you should continue to join us on your podcatcher of choice. We are on Podbean and we're on iTunes. 
<laughs> and, and Liz, Why are you laughing? I don't know, take over. <laughs> Tell them where else they can find us. <laughs> See, you just fell subject to one of my negotiating slash unnerving techniques, which is just sit there quietly. Yes, I know, and it fucking <laughs> activates my giggles. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, oh, I got this. You're quiet. You're giving me... <laughs> Come find us on social media. You can talk to us on Facebook. You can look at us on Instagram. You can talk to Liz mostly on Twitter because I don't go on that mm-hmm. one. Liz uploads. <laughs> yeah, I noticed because the whole thing where on Twitter I was like, we're not going to comment on this whole Bigfoot erotica Senate race thing. And on Facebook, you're like, yes, what? Yeah, we're going to comment on it. <laughs> nope. Nope. I don't look at Twitter. I hate it as a social medium. I mean, the day it goes down in flames, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> no. Uh, what the hell were we talking about? We were trying to do uh, an outro. Outroing. So, let's see. Any- Facebook. Anybody. Twitter. Instagram. <laughs> YouTube. Readyourbroads.com. Our new website is up that I did. God. It's got a couple coming soon things, yeah. but if people want to go see the new thing, yeah. they can. I put a very pretty picture of Devin on the front page. Every picture of me is very pretty. Thanks, That's true. Liz. But I like, like, the colors in that one. It's not just that you're pretty in it. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Oh. uh, Liz, where else? Where else? We said them all. Oh, Patreon. Please go to Patreon. That's where you're going to hear the best noises we make. (laughs) What are the best noises? I got to cut you off, man. (laughs) You're just going to keep talking about noises. Yeah, yeah. Making noise about noise. Making noise about noise. In addition to making noise about noise, friends, we want you to live weird, die weird, and stay weird. Yeah, at whatever volume. <laughs> no, at under sixty decibels because you're hurting the environment. You're hurting my ears. <laughs>